Hey guys, welcome back to Kwana's Corner. I have a special bonus episode. I have my brother here with me, and we're going to do a little chit-chatting. So, um, okay, uh, so you've heard the podcast episodes. Um, before I get into any questions, did you have any feedback? No, I mean, I think, yeah, it, you have a unique point of view of how you saw things growing up, and I thought it was pretty cool to hear you know, you voice your opinions and, and how it affected you growing up, um, how it affected all of us growing up, and, and specifically your journey growing up and, and challenges that you faced. Okay. Um, and in the first uh, episode I did, I talked about child A, child B, and child C. So for you, what what did that look like for you growing up? From my point of view, I'm the firstborn, you were the last one. So you came at a different point in our parents' relationship. What did that look like for you? Correct. So for me, I saw things, I kind of got the learning lessons from everybody else. Mm-hmm. And as I listened to your episode yesterday, and I was, I was taught by everybody else's mistakes. Mm-hmm which I think was the most powerful for me growing up and was has helped me be successful is I saw all the pitfalls. I was warned about stuff and I was, I saw how it could lead me down different paths of life. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, that was my biggest takeaway um, from being the youngest. Okay. You know, um, so I think that was, I, I think that's the key point is I, I saw everybody's mistakes. You know, I've seen everybody's downfalls. I know their relationship mistakes, but I'm, I've also analyzed it in a different way. Okay. So when it comes to the things that you've learned from, because I, I also learned from a twin sister, Akina. I learned from her. What did you learn from us since you were the youngest? What did you learn? Like, cool. What the- um, so, I mean, it's a ton of things that I, I took from y'all. Um Specifically, you know, Shakina would be the biggest example of, you know, Shakina had a, a, you know, growing up in religion, we had, Mm -hmm. you know, for her to have a child at that time was like a big deal. Mm -hmm. I mean, she was a, she was a pregnant teenager. And I mean, that was kind of like the worst thing you could do in the world Mm -hmm. at that time, but, you know, and uh, that was kind of an example I looked into of. You know, oh man, I I learned something. I you know I gotta focus up. I can't do X Y Z. You know because of her mistake. And and in hindsight, it wasn't really a mistake. I mean, she as a child, I guess yeah, you know. But she had a child, you know. Um, and so I was able to, I guess, pick that up. I, I mean, I learned things like I was thinking about it either when I listened to the episode. And one of the most powerful things, I think, in financial literacy I picked up was got to pay your bills. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't know if you remember, Mom, oh, you got to pay your bills. I remember her paying, trying to pay bills, trying to pay bills. Mm-hmm. But I think at my time period, I got the brunt of the got to pay your bills. I didn't get the benefit of the swipe, swipe, swipe. Mm. I didn't get the benefit of how those bills were accrued. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I never got that. So... What I got was the back end of, hey, look, man, I, I bought all this stuff, and now I got to work my butt off to pay this. Mm. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I didn't even talk. I didn't even talk about that, but that was something really great to bring up. Um, and for Keena, it, it wasn't a mistake. I feel like it was a moment of 
uh, miscommunication or lack of communication, which could have possibly prevented that from happening. But because it wasn't discussed, you know, it just led her on the road of figuring it out herself. Um, When it comes to that financial literacy, I do feel like that's something that we all lacked. And, you know, we saw it, but we didn't know the cause and effect. We just saw the effect part, which would have also did us a lot of justice. And for you, you got to pick up on that and really like you live uh, exceptionally well life. Like you do really good for yourself. And that's, I think that's because of the things that you were able to pick up on and really make them grow. So with, with having those things that you came into contact with, um, you have your own family right now Uh, i was asking well what the things that you learned uh growing up or the way that you grew up Mm -hmm. um now that you have your own family um what are some things that you have implicated or decided to take away um with your own family that you grew up with um it's a double-edged sword yes that's a hard question Mm -hmm. um so people i would say is discipline right because we were very Thing we brought up very disciplined, mm-hmm. um, but it's also the manner in which we do like the non physical route versus communication route. Mm-hmm. Um, so, being able to communicate, I mean, my son's younger, so I understand he makes mistakes and stuff like that. Understanding that you know, everybody is human, you know, I always felt like we were brought up to have like a beyond human, we, we weren't able to make mistakes and learn. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like, hey, like, this is a rule. This is a law. You can't even question it. Right. I, I could agree there. Definitely could agree there. And so it, now it's at the point of, I think I've taken it from, you know, not just the law, but being able to communicate and explain um, why things are the way they are. I think my communication skills have grown in a, in a form of, like, arguments and understanding uh, or reasoning why they are. Um, so, like, one of the things we bring up, you know, growing up, Joe Witness, was, like, birthdays. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, Nicole and I were talking yesterday. We were at dinner. We listened to your podcast on the way up to dinner. Mm-hmm. And you know, I kind of mentioned birthdays. It, it was, it is a, engraved in me, I feel awkward being at a birthday. Mm, wow. I never celebrated birthdays. Uh, and, you know, we, we were talking about Pretty much until my last ex, I really celebrate my birthday. Like we didn't have birthday cakes growing up, or we didn't do party or any of that stuff. So doing a lot of that social stuff is like awkward to me sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's not, and and piece of it is just might just be my biology. I just don't have a need to, or I don't want around certain people. Mm-hmm. But at a certain extent, it's kind of awkward to be like at a birthday party, you know. So uh, we went to our son had a friend's birthday party but it, it just I, I don't feel like I belong it's different mm. yeah. um, but there's good that I've taken too I mean as far as like uh, I mean just balance sometimes life balance has been uh, very important you know between work sometimes I bury my I, I used to bury my problems in work and just work my way out of a if I had like a dress, you know, and I work as a coping mechanism almost. Um, 
But I mean, that honestly, and looking at my life now, I mean, was that a good habit? For sure. Yeah, because look at where you are now. Like you really exactly. like you threw yourself into your work. Um, and throwing yourself into work got you to many heights that you have reached now and still are climbing. Um, at the same time, we can look at that and say, you know, um, you know, throwing yourself into work is kind of a way of avoiding the problem because once work is done, it's still there. <laughs> right. uh, it's like, uh, it's kind of, you still got to address it, but uh, you've gained so much by doing that. Um, feeling awkward going to parties and things. Um, see, this, this is what I mean. Like we, uh, I came across something on Instagram where it says no two siblings have the same parents. And um, as, even as I'm talking to you, I think this is the first time we've ever had this conversation, guys. For sure. So, um, having this conversation lets me see like we really had a different outlook, like two different outlooks. Um, even if you, if you personally know us, like, you know where my brother is versus where I am in my life. Like, we literally are at two different ends of the spectrum. And you'd be like, wow, you guys are raised in the same house? Yeah, <laughs> we were. It's yeah. just like, our lives just take, took different turns. That's really all it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I do agree with you with the discipline part. Um, even with the twins, I've taken that to be more communicating and talking to them more. Um, and that just, it just works. Uh, you know, we got to remember something though. And I think this is the hard part is like, and, and, and when I moved here where I live at now, mm-hmm. the biggest thing I noticed, right. Is that a, our parents weren't able to give us what the average parents were. And, and maybe our parents were average. Mm-hmm. But when I moved out here, you know, I was working two jobs, sometimes three, and, and going to school. And uh, I looked at kids who were not working at all and going to school and still have free time. And I envied them. And I envied that our parents couldn't give us that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have that opportunity. Um, but then in the hindsight, I know they did, and I would assume that they did whatever was best at the time and what they knew best. Mm-hmm. but you know they didn't know any better that's that's another thing right they just so, went off of what they learned from their parents and they they kept that yeah we got social media to help us like raise our kids and teach us some great lessons we have like we have news outlets that kind of can coach us and let us know like hey, look you know this is wrong this is... they didn't have access to that mm-hmm. 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 no the word was Hey, whatever you got your message was either from, I guess it was from the Bible church and your close knit friends and family. Pretty much. Pretty much. So that was all they saw was what was around them. You know, um, so I, at first, I, it was almost like a hatred when I moved out here towards them. But as I grew, it was like, look, they, they did what, whatever they could and what they knew was best. Like I said, I didn't get the factor of the swipe in the credit card. I got the debt that came with it. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you got to go to school. Mm-hmm. I never got that opportunity. I didn't get that same opportunity. Mm-hmm. Now, would I, what would I have done differently if I had the opportunity? We'll never know. Right, right. But the opportunities were different. Did you guys go to prom? or? No, no, we actually didn't. I taking Jocelyn to prom, right? Do you remember that? I think she was on a boat. Um, I, I, I don't know if that was problem. I think it was like a senior trip or something. 
senior trip. I didn't really get to go to those. Yeah, I, I we didn't get to go either. Me and I, didn't, I didn't go either. <laughs> I didn't go to those. I didn't even me playing basketball. I don't know if you remember this. I had to fight to play basketball. I, I literally had to fight. I threw a big fit to play basketball because it was like, hey, look, and but it was conceived as like demonic because it was it was a social atmosphere. Yeah, it was worldly. It was worldly. It was worldly. That was yeah. That was yeah. Yeah. I wasn't trying to be a basketball star. I just enjoyed working out. Still do to this day, you know. Right. Yeah. So. Wow. I I yeah. We never got to do prom. Uh, senior trips, none of none of that. We didn't. Um, the most after school thing that I had was something called Key Club, and it was uh kind of like social thing. But they went on a trip to uh Paris, and I remember mm-hmm. I wanted to go. I remember that. And I was so. I think that's when I stopped being a part of the club because I couldn't go, and I saw the other kids either come up with the money or sell the candy to go. And for us, it wasn't that our parents didn't have the money because they did. It's just, I guess, the way they allocated the money and it was just, it just never came. So I was just like, I don't understand why I couldn't go. And now that I'm older and I realized where some of the money was going, I'm like, well, that's why I couldn't go. (laughs) Like, okay, got it. Makes sense. But just, I don't know, not being able to have some of those things, even how you said, you know, being out there and watching kids, you know, be able to do whatever they wanted to do, but you have to, like, work a few jobs just to hold yourself down, like, yo, why didn't I, why don't I have this? Why Why don't I have that? It is, it is a part of them just doing what they need to do, but I also feel like it's, they didn't do the part of wanting to see us outside of uh, further education they they didn't see that part for us they didn't think that far and it was just like they would hope that we would have you know stayed in a religion and not even gave a second thought to secondary education and I think that's why a lot of us kind of just like and it off remember Jocelyn was supposed to go the um Clark Atlanta remember I remember that but not really I remember about it though she was supposed to go but it was like really expensive um, we got, we packed up all her stuff. We got down there. Um, and then we had a meeting with the financial rep. And I remember they said that she needed to take, my mom had to take it a loan for like, I think it was like 10000 10 or 12000 a semester. And she was just like, no, I'm not doing that. And Jocelyn was furious. She was, because mind you, we packed up everything. She got accepted into the school and everything. And then you know, I sit back and I think about it now. She signed off on a loan for me to go to school. Uh-huh. And I went to school way after Jocelyn got that acceptance to school. And I'm just like, was it the fact that you didn't want to do it because she was going to be so far? Or like, what made you really not want to sign for it? Because you signed for me to go to school and I didn't go to school, you know, in New York. I went to school in Philly. Mm-hmm. So I I don't I don't know. It's just a lot of questions that I would love to sit down and have a conversation with them one day. But you know, I realize as as their kids, we're we're in different spaces in our lives. But for them, it may be hard for them to bring up those hard times and remember them, talk about them, anything like that. And it has to be. 
I have to be open and willing to hear their responses. That's another part. So, I here's I think here's the issue. Like we could we could jump back to that, and uh, because I look like I said, I listen to your podcast, and you have a a different. You grew up six years older than me, mm-hmm. but you also grew up with a female point of view too. Right, right, exactly. So, so now as being a male and coming to age, um, there were a couple things of like. I, I understand where he is in his life right now. Mm-hmm. And he is in a depressed, dark place. I, I, wanted, I wanted to definitely touch on that. I wanted to touch on you being the only boy and yeah. what that meant for you. Um, so it, I think it, it taught me a lot about females. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll tell you the most I've learned as a, as a man in development has been in my now, I guess my previous relationship, I learned a lot too. Mm-hmm. But in a relationship that now I've learned a good bit. Um, I, I think the biggest flaw affected from us growing up was communication wasn't very. I mean, there was, there was a lack of communication, or that we saw. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was a, a lack of affection between, mm-hmm. like, uh, I know. I, must have mentioned it that you know, Aunt Diane and Uncle Cliff, you know, and Uncle, they show that affection. You know, they go out, they go to dance, they still travel. You know, they have that real love for each other. We grew up, we didn't really have that or have an example. Mm-hmm. And I still remember the first like couple I saw that was an example. I don't know if you remember Stanley, Benjamin's brother, Stanley, like the first couple I saw. And I'm were dancing they were younger couple dancing and i was like man this is a great example of like love and they were you know witnesses at the time too yeah but it was yeah a great example of love like it's just not religion like they just not going to church but they're having fun they're real people mm-hmm. and so like what i when we grew up we didn't get to see real people right you know it was a it was a I felt like the way our father and sometimes I guess our mother, they live like a fake life of uh, religion balance and life balance. I agree. I could definitely agree with you there. So, like, for example, mom wanted to celebrate birthdays mm-hmm. and, you know, would, you know, slip or something here. Or, hey, you, go ahead. You, you know, it was like a little bit of give. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, for him, like, absolute no. Mm-hmm. And so piece of that has affected me now of like, like even like it is hard for me to celebrate Christmas and be around people for Christmas. Thanksgiving is hard for me to be around people for Thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, people have come to accept what Thanksgiving is. It's like, it's a, you know, it's not the best holiday and, you know, the mean actual meaning of it, but right. I'm still respectful of other, I have to be respectful of other people's beliefs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and the religion that we grew up with, that wasn't a thing. It was like, yo, you either with us or you against us. Exactly. It, your values don't matter. Mm-hmm. And so that's where, you know, growing up and doing your own research, I've learned, I've learned a good bit. But them living that, like, kind of false life is what led me actually, like, leave the religion and almost, like, leave the house. I don't know if you remember this. Um the last fight I had in that house was with dad because I didn't want to go to church. I didn't want to go to Kingdom Hall. Um, it was just me, 
uh, mom and dad, and I think maybe Jocelyn in the house. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he wanted me to get up and, and go to Kingdom Hall. It was like Sunday, and I'm like, yo, I don't want to go. Mm-hmm. At that point, you know, I'm working. I'm working hard. Uh, you know, um, I'm making a little bit of money. I'm not nowhere near where I'm at my point now, but I just didn't want to go, and I didn't want to feel fake at that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, nah, man, I go. He, you know him. Oh, you better get up. It's time to get up. And I'm like, no, I really don't want to go. And instead of him having an opportunity to discuss with me, like, why don't you want to go? Mm-hmm. It was a, a full. So then, you know, we got into a fist fight. It became an altercation. Oh, I Therese's house, actually. I left the house because mom was like, you need to get up. You need to go. And so they were communicating and hear me out of why I want to go. Mm hmm. And so I just went to Therese's house. I remember I stayed there for like two or three days. Um, but religion and look took a president more than actually being a good parent. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one of the points that they failed me at was like, I wasn't the greatest kid yes, growing up, mm-hmm. but I wasn't the worst either, you know? Right. And, right. And Definitely I, wasn't. As a kid, you know, I got decent grades. I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember. And you graduated on time at that. <laughs> I graduated on time, and I was working during high school. I worked the whole time. Actually, after my graduation, we didn't even go out to eat. I had uh, I went right to McDonald's. I went right to McDonald's and went to work right after my graduation. I, I don't, maybe I wasn't home. Maybe I was already away I, at school. Philadelphia. Yeah, I had to be because I'm like, I don't, I don't remember your graduation. Uh, I, I probably was still away at school. And so even that was like something that taught me like I don't know I didn't know or understand about other people's success or how to celebrate their success because I've never celebrated my own. Mm. Mm. So like graduation, all right, whatever. Congratulations, bye. You know, oh you had a kid? Cool, that's great, great for you, man. And then like like I mentioned, this last relationship and me actually having a child was like Holy smokes, this is what I'm supposed to be celebrating for other people. Right, exactly. Have exactly. A kid. Oh, man, yo, that's great, amazing. Like, because everybody said, Ray, your life will change after you have your first one. And it was like, oh, well, yeah, right. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Now you see what it's like. <laughs> and, yeah, now, I mean, as soon as I saw him, it was just like, holy smokes, like, this is what I've been missing on. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I'll say for, for whole my things, you know, since having a child, we can get into that later, but. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, growing up, we kind of, like I said, we had two different points of views. But for mine, mine was like, yo, I got to get it because, you know, you mentioned the homeless shelter stuff. Mm -hmm. And we had two different points of views on that because I was a different age. Yeah. You know, so my point of view was like, yo, I could never live like this, bro. Mm -hmm. I, Mm -hmm. I, I could never put my kids through this, bro, ever. I can't. I will do whatever it takes to that I will never have my family go through that. Right, right. So um, I, I have to definitely agree with you on that and I think that's something that us girls also took into play that we don't play with mortgage, rent. We don't like that's something because that's the most important thing. We never want to be in that situation uh, or put our families in that situation. You know, mm-hmm. for, for us to go through that as I think I don't, I don't remember how young you were, but I know you used to sit there with mom. Like you yeah. used to sit there all day with her 
And I'm I'm definitely sure your experience is a lot different. I'm like me, I got to go, yeah. go to work every day. I have to go to work. Yeah. So for me, what I took from that was like one. I mean, even describing the place, like these, they're like acrylic hard seats that we had to sit on. We had trash bag. All our stuff was in trash bags. Mm-hmm. You know, and I looked at it like our grandmom lived a couple blocks away. Why couldn't we go to our grandmom's house? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why were we put into this situation where we had to sit in a homeless shelter or, or not even, it wasn't even a shelter at that point. It was like a holding space. That was yeah, a holding like, space for the like, day. <laughs> it was DMV for homeless people. Pretty much. Pretty much. You know, so, and, and then I don't know if you remember, but this was the blackout. Oh, right? yes. I remember that because Correct. I had Terrell with me and we had to walk back from somewhere in Brooklyn. It was horrible. So we were, we didn't get to go. We were stuck there. It was like 90 degree weather. <laughs> it was, it, you know, two, 300 people in a small room. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody homeless. They just waiting to get their next shower, waiting to get bussed out to a temporary holding facility. And, and you know, I just knew I never wanted to go back there. Yeah. I, I don't, you probably don't know this story. Uh, I think us us girls knew the story, but I also feel like it's probably because of the age difference why you didn't. Um, yeah. So Poppy had offered, well, that's my grandfather. My grandfather offered my mom uh, one of the townhouses that are along a hundred and uh, somewhere along 8th Avenue between 135th and about 137th. They were really new. They were putting them up. And my grandfather, he offered one to her. His only request, your husband cannot come. And it was during that time that we were homeless. He offered, he's out, he was paying for it, everything. And we, you know, actually, no, we know, you know, Poppy had the money. Um, she didn't take it. As you can see, she didn't take it. So it's, I, I heard that, I heard that yesterday when driving. There's two things you got to consider, right? You only got two kids, three, three now. Mm-hmm. Imagine having four kids and having to separate them from their dad. Yeah, I, that is a that is a balance that, as a male, I couldn't do. So as a female, I think it's impossible. It 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 is, it's unbearable. It, you wouldn't be able to do it at especially at that point. You already at rock bottom mentally. You're at rock bottom. So I think that was a hard point for her. Mm-hmm. Um, B, mm-hmm. I'm happy she didn't take it. Would she have been able to afford it? Would we have been back in the same situation again? Maybe worse. Mm-hmm. That's another, that's something to definitely think about because I, you know, I didn't know the logistics of it. I just knew that yeah. at that point, like, why did she take it? We could have not been here anymore, you know? Yeah. But yeah, that definitely makes sense. So. I mean, it's just different points of view. I, I don't know. I'm sure she wished she took it, mm-hmm. you know, but at, at this point, you know, and at that point, she was an adult. She made a hard adult decision. How old was she then, would you say? 40? Um, probably, yeah, about maybe maybe mid-40s. Yeah, maybe mid-40s. She made an adult decision, you know, and, and that affected everybody's life. Leading up to that, they made decisions that are... Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. It's um, it's it's not unfortunate, but it's one of those things. As we get older, we kind of see a different perspective on because we need to be older to understand. Correct. 
Correct. And I mean, at that point, we went from. I felt like we had everything as kids. I I never. Really, I mean, I wanted stuff, but I I didn't really care for much. All right. Hey, sorry about that. That's fine. <laughs> so we forgot I had uh someone coming to pick up a bunch of mouthful things. That's okay. Um, well, um, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap up. But what we left off at, uh, remember we were talking about, uh, you know, you were looking at it from a man's point of view, you know, for um, for like mom moving and leaving, you know, sure. for her leaving with the three kids to move into the townhouse, what that would be like. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were giving you were giving your feedback on that, what it was like looking at it from a man's point of view, you know, to separate the kids and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, from a man's point of view, I think it would be hard. So from a female who's a maternal figure, I think it'd be a lot harder. Um, to separate from somebody you care about already in that is, is hard to do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, no matter if they care about you equally or not, but to separate is a very hard thing to do. But then to have kids involved and not just one or two or, or three, but four. Mm. Four kids at different ages. You know, and and to separate them from their father, I think is a scenario to be into. Mm-hmm. Also, not. I mean, you got to think that decision there is reflective of all her other decisions. I've offered her, I've bought her a house mm-hmm. twice, and offered her a place a place to stay. Yeah. So, but people are only willing to. You can only help as much as as they want to be helped. Exactly. And how much they're ready to be helped. So I think that's the the vada is she was in a situation where she was wanting to be helped or was ready to be helped. Mm, yeah, it's um like I mentioned before, it's very different looking at it. You know, being older now, there's a lot of pieces that we didn't think about, you know, when we were younger, it's just like, okay, why don't you do that for you? And then being older is like, okay. There's so many other things involved rather than just yourself and other people. Like, there's the financial matters. There's, you know, really having love there. So, yeah, it's a lot of different things there that I didn't realize. The the biggest thing, I think, is mental health. I think for them is their mental health. And they felt that they were better to be together. Mm Mm-hmm. Stick it out for the kids, which how many families have done that? How many relationships have done that? You know, that whole uh, stick it out for the kids thing is not something that I endorse. <laughs> I, I, that's just me personally. That's not something I, it's just like, would you rather have a toxic household and you stay together and have your kids there, or would you rather be separate and have your kids grow up in a healthier lifestyle? But you know, for it's for each person to really choose from. I agree. That's- Sometimes it's yourself as desire that way puts you in a situation of I want to be out of here. Mm, yeah. I mean to actually stay and say right for my kids and my family. I think that's anything but selfish. Mm-hmm. And I'll give them credit because they stayed and they fought. So I think it takes a lot. I think it takes the easy route would have been accepted. I think that would have been an easier route for them. A lot of times that is the easier route, and that's why people take that route. But, I mean, they made a commitment 
and it, you know, religion or not, they made a commitment to each other in front of friends. They they took a vow. And, mm-hmm. I mean, they chose to stick to that commitment. Oh, so you feel you feel like it would be better, like the way they are, they stay together. To be, it was better for them to stay together rather than to go separate ways. Um, I think that would have been their decision. I don't know, like, uh, what benefit would we have had from them being separated? Let's think about that. Mm. I, I answer that. What what would have been the actual benefit psychologically? Mm-hmm. Maybe financially, maybe. But psychologically, what would have been the benefit if they separated at the age of, let's say, during that homeless shelter phase when she was offered a different house? Mm-hmm. What would have been the benefit? Yeah, that might that might have been pretty hard on her. And it, that whole dynamic would have changed. It's a lot of things to think about when it comes to that. And... um. Financially, I guess we weren't out the house. We were still all living together. Um, that would have been something to to think about, to how we would all take care of each other, yeah. how we would all take care of each other. At the time, I mean, we were all working. Um, I think you and Josh were still in school, though. You guys were still in school. I mean, you out because it was summertime. So you guys were out of school. They made sure that we were placed before school started back up. But... That would have been on me, Keena, and I guess mom to kind of handle finances. Now imagine that. Yeah, that that I, I could be see that what that means in turn is that mean I I might have not gone to college. Um right. honestly, I might not have the kids that I have right now if I didn't go to college. So I wouldn't have been in Philadelphia. <laughs> um it it does change more. You know how they say when you go like people travel back in time. You can't try to change anything because they don't realize the ripple effect that it has. That's one of those things. You change one thing, everything else then in, in So when you look at that though, would it have been a positive, you think, or a negative on your life right now? It's really hard to say. I can tell you for me, really it, it may have been a negative impact, right? Yeah. Because growing up, one of the things that has hardened me is being in the situations that we've been in, whether it be, you know, that interim house on Amboy Street, the homeless. Oh, man. It was Amboy. Yeah. And, um, you know, being there and and being on, I guess, I don't even know if we were on, we were on Section 8 or HUD or rental assistance. I don't know what that was. I don't even know what that was either. I don't know. I mean, that is hard and took into play to how I live my lifestyle now or mm-hmm. how I, I treat people now. So when it comes to, and I always relate to this to people like, man, you do such great housing in this area. Mm-hmm. And I tell a lot of people like, Hey man, like I was homeless at a point. Like mm-hmm. I understand like what you're going through. And my, my mission is like quality, quality, affordable housing. Right? Because if you look at the places we live, even the last house, I mean, it was like, there's not quality there. There's nothing proud about being. And um, as I as I grow, I'm like, we're doing a public-private study right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be with uh, insurance companies, uh, Section 8 federal housing, and they're looking for local um, landlords, and I'm elected for my region. Okay. And we're looking to see how affordable housing and having money um, to take care of your duties and training can affect someone's livelihood. 
So the things we weren't given, biggest thing we missed out on wasn't necessarily the finances, but actually being trained to get to the next level. Right. So that shaped us up for the rest of our lives. And piece of that comes with communication. Piece of that comes with relationships. How we relation. It does break down to that. That's awesome that you're doing that. I definitely want to hear more about how that project pans out um, with the affordable housing. Um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't really, I don't really, you know, I never gave it that much outlook. But then, like I said, speaking to you on it, it's just like having different perspectives on things. It pans out to give you, like, what do you really think will happen? It makes you ask a lot more questions um, other than, just the surface level or how one person sees it rather than both parties. Mm-hmm. Um, so before I let you go, um, so we used to see our parents fight when they were younger. Mm-hmm. They, used, they used to fight a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, do you feel like that had some type of effect on you uh, as you grew um, into the man that you are today? Piece of it, yes. Well, you know what? Yeah, I mean that. Like, it hardened me. So, piece of it, I saw good things and I saw bad things. I saw things that I would never want to see, mm-hmm. and and I've uh, I picked up on a lot of that. And you know, some of the stuff I I never took into account until Nicole brought it to my attention. Like, one of the things, if I were having an argument, I'm usually like, "All right, just go then. If you don't want to be here, go." Like, peace. But. I look at that and I, I think it's a negative and a positive, right? Piece of me, I don't have time to argue. I'm in a different point in my life, too. Where if we're going to sit here and argue and we're not getting it, what's the point of arguing? Mm-hmm. Right? If we just argue and arguing, what's the point? Mm-hmm. You know, and then I bring it back into not only my relationships, but the relationships I have with other people, though, in real life. Mm-hmm. And that's what it kind of taught me is like, look, if if you don't want to be here and, and be part of everything I'm doing, and you don't have to be part of this, right? Yeah. Not everybody is supposed to understand you. Not everybody will understand you, mm-hmm. right? So when from seeing them argue, that's kind of what I got was like, I remember that you don't want to be here, go kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it was also like a lot of the arguments we had were now looking back, we're over money, financials, mm-hmm. religion. Mm-hmm. there were never arguments of like I mean the things that we may argue about as a couple now are just like small arguments mm-hmm. compared to the things that they were dealing with I mean so, for you I remember the arguments about like infidelity as well that was like a lot and I was just like oh my goodness this is wild like even even um, when you went away to school you went away to school when the kids were little so mm-hmm. the twins were there. I was there, and um, I remember. I remember. I think it was the last time they might have gotten to a physical altercation. And I want to say the kids were babies. They they were babies. They I don't think they hit their first birthday, or maybe they did. And I remember I had to go break up their fight. And I was like, I am not staying here with my kids like this. And I said it super firmly, and I walked away. And mm-hmm. I I feel like something clicked. Because until that, until I moved out that house and moved to Harlem, they never physically fought again. Yeah, but they're at a different point in their lives right now. 
That's true, too. It sucks, but I think the fact of the matter is that's how couples handled that stuff back in the day. Like, that's just how it was. You got to think, and I, when I go back to, like, because I break everything down, I try to break it down with as much logic as I can understand both sides and everybody's point of view. But when I think about it, right, so you had our parents and then their grandparents, right? Mm-hmm. Our grandparents saw racism forefront. Mm-hmm. Our grandparents saw segregation. Our grandparents didn't have the opportunity to go to school. Our grandparents had redlining, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We only had what a small circle had. You got to think about it. I don't have a relationship with our real grandfather on that side. Yeah. Our dad's side, I have no idea who our grandfather was. There was a picture somewhere with me as a kid, but I never got to meet that man. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. <laughs> we recall that our father, and this is the story that I remember, and I, and I may be wrong, but our father and him didn't get along because he wanted to practice his religion. Yeah, that's the same story I remember. And so he separated us from him because he wanted to practice his religion, Mm -hmm. right? He told me, and I remember, he said, I'd never want to be him. I think he has fallen to the darkest depression because he's become him. Yeah, yeah. He has a father, and he has lost his kids. Right. Right? Um, Because part of it, that same religion that he left for... Mm -hmm. He's not upholding the same values as that he should. So when we and, and this is the last time, pretty much I've talked to him was when Therese had the paternity test. Yeah. And I told him, I said, "Look, I don't know what the issue is, but as a man, this is your son." And and I know it probably hurt him to hear his son say that. Mm-hmm. But as a man, you have to you owe that man an apology. Right, right. I couldn't agree more. And I told him, don't apologize to him. I will not talk to you again. We have nothing to discuss. Mm-hmm. Because not only did, you know, I always grew up without, I mean, we had Kareem, but I always grew up really without a brother. Kareem was separate, older. You know, I'd go see Kareem maybe once every three months, once every four. And it was like in passing. Kareem had his own life, though, at that point. Too, you know yeah and so I felt like you know we missed out on the opportunity where Therese was at grandma house knowing she was my brother I would have had a different you know relationship right I said the same exact thing same exact thing and I don't think that's fair to us um that we got to miss out on that correct I don't think to him definitely not fair to him the the part that drives me crazy and I can't see past it. I'll talk about my therapist more more about it, but I can't see past the fact that if y'all never had that DNA test done, he'd have took that to his grave. Like, and I can't see past that. Like, how do you hold a secret like that for so long and just live your life? Like, how? How do you do that? You gotta think, though, what people in that generation did. It was the fatherless generation. It was the crack epidemic, the cocaine yeah. epidemic. Black families were ravaged. People were separated from their fathers. That was just that time. That's the time that you guys were brought up into. Yeah, but that was the 80s. That was the 80s. We're talking what about was, as, he got, as he got older. What about as he got older? The, 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 he was, his mind was already embedded in the 60s and 70s and 80s. 
How old was he in the eighties? Oh, mm, uh, probably uh mid twenties, mid twenties, because because mommy was in her early twenties, so, so probably he, mid twenties. He was living that. That was his life. My twenties was, was where I, the twenty to, to thirty point is where I learned the most about life. I think. Mm. My thirties till or I'm in I'm thirty three now, but my thirty my last three four five years is the most like I've learned about myself. Right, and I think the thirty to forty stage, and I'm not forty, but mm-hmm. the thirty to forty stage is learning about myself. Yeah, the thirty is about learning about life. Right, I learn about the people that I want to be in, the habits that I'm gonna have. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why I, I look at it. I look at everything financial right now too. It's like you get your credit score when you you know twenty one. You can start when you're eighteen. You get on your parents, but typically get your first credit card at twenty one. Mm-hmm. By twenty four, twenty five, they know what type of person you are. Because you're either saying, hey, look, I'm going to pay this bill back or I'm not. Or I'm just going to pay it back. Right. Your credit score is almost a direct reflection of your habits. Mm. You know, and, and, and your bank is a direct reflection of what you give to society. And so I looked at it as, as 20 to 30. It was a direct reflection of the people you're around. Mm-hmm. The peop- if, if you look at the people I were around, everybody I, I stayed around was just people that were working. Those are the habits that I picked up. Some doing well, some doing well. So when he was in his 20s and 30s, we had social media, though. We had cell phones. We could Google stuff. He didn't have that. You had to go to the library. Mm-hmm. If you went to the library. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only knowledge he had was from religion. Mm. So it's it's just like, yeah, he probably would take it to the grave. Is it better to know? Yeah, now everybody has some peace of mind, and everybody knows. It's his decision to to live with, and and it's his depression to live with. And I I don't think he really cares to live anymore. He lives to live. I don't think he really cares to live. Yeah, I I could definitely I I know what you mean by that. I, I definitely know what you mean by that. It's like uh, you do the best that you can and take care of yourself to live a long, you know, a long, a long life. And you do that by doing certain things. And I just right. realize he, he doesn't do those things to live that life of longevity. Correct. But he, I mean, what, what, uh, if you were in his shoes, what do you have to look forward to? Woo! Hit the nail on the head. Hit the nail on the head. Wow. Wow. Listen, it was great talking to you, and we will definitely talk more off the podcast. But this was um this was groundbreaking. It, it was groundbreaking. And I love the fact that you actually said yes, because even though I asked all of you in the group chat, you know Jocelyn can talk. Jocelyn's always open to talk. Uh, yeah. having you or Kina do it would have been even better. But, you know, I give everybody their grace because not everybody's ready to have that, that conversation and have it openly on a public, you know, platform or whatever. So, I, hey, you're not ready? That's cool. It's okay. But when you said you would, I was like, this is good. This is good. Because not only do I get to learn about your viewpoint of growing up, the things that you said were just like things I didn't even think about. I didn't look at it from that point of view and it just made me have a um, different look of our parents, different outlook on our parents. 
Um, so I said thank you for being here. Thank you for hopping on Kwana's Corner, and we will definitely talk again. Thank you for having me. All right. Bye. Bye.